not too bad. I'm good, thanks for asking. Oh, yeah. Oh, my um, gosh. I'm, like, <laughs> zoning out here a little bit, I guess. Uh, zoning out into my favorite haunting, the podcast. Yes. I'm Mel. I'm Ames. It's episode 44. I don't have... I, I don't have any more clever rhymes for these numbers. <laughs> They're getting too big. <laughs> I, it's, yeah, I, there's nothing new. 44, let the bodies hit the floor. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> On that grim note. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it, it's kind of relevant and it kind of rhymes. So <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Uh, anyway, hey, uh, so we still don't have anything going on and and except ghost stories haunted yeah. places some history um here to bore you to death apparently i don't know uh <laughs> whatever <laughs> you're bored you don't have to continue listening i mean you can just hit stop and move on to your next podcast yeah i, I don't I don't, I don't know what else to tell you um but hey want to hear a story sure okay Right into it. So I did, remember Eastern State? Mm-hmm. The, the prison? Yes. I did that one, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, now I'm doing the Eastern Pennsylvania State Institution for the Feeble-Minded and Epileptic. Oh, nice. <laughs> Is that right next door? It's, it's uh, kind of. Um, it, it's better known as the Penhurst Asylum oh. in Spring City, Pennsylvania. Um but when it opened in 1908, that was the original name. I mean, say that three times fast, right? Eastern Pennsylvania State Institution for the Feeble-Minded and Epileptic. Eastern Pennsylvania State <laughs> Institution for the Feeble-Minded and Epileptic. I can't do it. No. <laughs> can't even do it once. <laughs> so Penhurst is pretty famous. Yeah. Um, Ghost Adventures investigated here. I did not watch that episode. I needed a break <laughs> from them. <laughs> Had too much. I needed a break from Baggins. Baggins. Zach Baggins. Baggins. But sorry, <laughs> I'm going on an event. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Every time I see his name, my brain reads it as Baggins. Mm-hmm. I know that it's Baggins. He he says that it's Baggins, but every time I see it written, my brain says. Baggins, and I just think of Bilbo Baggins and going on an adventure. And, you know. He got teased mercilessly as a child. That's why it's pronounced that way now. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, did kids know what that was? I didn't know what The Hobbit was until, like, college, I think. <laughs> I remember reading, I think it was, a, like, childized version of the hobbit when i was in elementary school but but would you have put that together i don't think no i together no probably not but like i remember it from back then but like i mean i wasn't one of those people that went around torturing well right you wouldn't you wouldn't have made fun of somebody but i I and probably people that 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 read the hobbit would not have been doing that yeah i i feel like those (laughs) kids would not have been reading those books that's why i'm saying yeah they have known i don't think so (laughs) anyway moving on um i i i watched a much better investigation actually that was actually really fun so anyways so the boring part first uh so from the lineup.com uh 
Penhurst, it originally had been intended to house people who couldn't care for themselves or function on their own in society. Mm -hmm. Uh, But. (laughs) Of course. You know these places. They're all atrocious. Um, Penhurst is, like, notorious for being, like, one of, if not the worst. Um, Mm -hmm. They, in addition to people who legitimately couldn't take care of themselves, um, anybody who is physically or mentally disabled, um, any kind of physical or psychological abnormality, mute people, deaf people, blind people, people with offensive habits. That's a quote. So, I mean, I don't know. You chew too loudly. You're going to Penhurst. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it probably was like, you don't... their nose? (laughs) Yeah, it probably was more like you don't bathe, like, you know, Uh um... Or also imperfect speech. So, like, you have an accent, you're going to Penhurst. I guarantee that was one of them. And then after a little bit of time added to the list were immigrants, criminals, and orphans. Um, And it basically just became this place for society to just hide away, like, the undesirable people. Wow. People, like, who were less. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it was huge. Like, it started out with a couple of buildings and it expanded and... In 1930, I have this picture of the grounds from 1934, and it's like 15 buildings. Wow. It originally, I think, was something like 1,400 acres. Today, it's 110. Wow. Um, And, you know, like the poor farms of the day, Mm -hmm. it functioned like a self-contained city. So people who lived there, like, kept it running. They did the farming, the the cleaning and all that kind of stuff. Um, And, you know, they everybody had a job. Well, not everybody, but, like, the higher-functioning people had jobs that they didn't get paid for. Uh, So in 1913, legislature uh, created the Commission for the Care of the Feeble-Minded, which essentially declared disabled persons as non-citizens. They they were not worthy of citizenship. Wow. Um, Yeah. And and were a menace to the peace. And basically that gave free reign to have, like, just about anybody tossed in there. Um, because now you're not a citizen, so you have no rights. Yeah. And then in addition to forced commitment, most were also forced sterilized. So that kept them out of society and kept them from reproducing. And then that just like the first, it's not explicitly mentioned anywhere, but the first thing I thought of with forced sterilization, that means women can't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. So that's like free reign for anybody, which is awful. Um, and in th- so this was going on all the way through the 60s. Yeah. Um, and then in 1968, young reporter, newbie on the block, Bill Baldini, he did a mini series. It was a five part, like mini, sh- like local show. Mm-hmm. It was like a local, on their local affiliate um, that exposed Penhurst's. Um, like everything. Yeah. I uh, think I've seen part of that. It's really famous. And it was um, like, if you've taken any kind of psychology class, you've yeah. <laughs> probably heard of it. Um, if not seen it, it was kind of the kickstart to like mental health reform mm-hmm. because people like the public saw this and were just appalled. Yeah. Um, and like he, you know, showcased like adults being chained to essentially giant cribs and kids were kept in cages. Um, Cause it, you know, it's just like, here's a place for you to be until you die. Yeah. Pretty much like n- nobody was really taken care of. Um, the higher functioning people, some of them were given like usable treatment, mm-hmm. like effective treatment. And, um, 
like occupational therapy and things to actually help them function in society. But if you were lower functioning, you were just kind of like put away yeah. and that you just kind of were stayed there until you died. And then at that point in 60, in the sixties, the population was at least 900 people over capacity. It was close to 3000. And then after that was when, like, the abuse allegations started, like, from former residents, because mm-hmm. now it's all in the, out in the open. So people who had been there who are not anymore were able to come out and, like, yeah, this happened to me while I was there. But it still was open until 1987, wow. so almost 20 years. Um, and it took a long legal battle that involved allegations of abuse by a former resident – which Penhurst eventually lost. So they lost it at the state level, but they kept appealing and it went up to like the, like the federal level mm-hmm. and the federal courts were basically like, this isn't a federal case and kicked it back to the yeah. state court where the state court was like, yeah, no, you're, you're fucked up. You're closing. Mm-hmm. But like 20 years, man. Yeah. After like all that was like out in the open, like on TV, like people are seeing what's going on and it still was operating. And uh, yeah. And then that essentially was like the, being like when the the health reform the health, mental health reform and those laws were all changed in the big um in the 70s when they had the big like they couldn't like keep you against your will anymore yeah and then the the homeless rate the homelessness home homelessness rate spiked yeah because some of those people legit can't take care of themselves so yeah. like kicking them out wasn't the answer mm-hmm. like the answer was to actually get them the help that they need, but it yeah, doesn't work like that apparently. So uh, today it is privately owned and the owners are working to restore the buildings. Um, one of them is open as a haunted house during Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the former administration building. Um, so you can go and they have like scare actors and animatronics okay. and stuff. There was one story of one of the scare actors was like this big tough guy <laughs> and he was in there doing his thing and then all of a sudden he wasn't doing his thing and he was like freaking out and yeah. like getting really sick and like he like it was just like really bad I guess um it's one of the most one of the more haunted buildings on the site okay so from weirdnj.com the shore paranormal research society has become sort of um the official paranormal investigators for the property. They've done several large-scale investigations there. There, I have some info from this article on them. Um, and then the bottom of the article says, like, to see their complete, like, mm-hmm. recap, go to their website. And so I typed in their website and it doesn't load. I clicked the link to their website from the article and it tells me 404 not found. Uh-huh. So I don't know what that deal is, but... Um, which is a shame because the article said like they had photos and EVPs mm-hmm. and everything up and I was so excited and I don't know if maybe they're doing like some kind of reconstruction on their website or it just doesn't like my computer or something but it wouldn't load but I can tell you the the like the a couple of the little things that they they blurbed in the article so the all the buildings have different names mm-hmm. so you have the Quaker building um, which they claimed seemed to be the most active when they've been there. Um, a lot of shadow figures that reminded me of Rolling Hills, the shadow mm-hmm. hallway. They said um, one's like a little girl, 
And then there's somebody like kind of hunched over and distorted with like these long dangling arms. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, then various figures that peek out and around objects and doorways and stuff, which mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like rolling hills, like when yeah. they are like peeking out. Um, doors have been known to move on their own. A rocking chair was seen rocking with nobody near it. Uh, one investigator was shoved hard enough that it left a dark red mark on his back. Ooh. Another one was scratched on the arm, but they weren't near anything that could have, like, like mm-hmm. they didn't brush up against anything that could have accidentally scratched them. Um, and then in the basement, objects have projectiled themselves across the uh-huh. room when no one was near them, including a crowbar and a some kind of a brass fixture. Ow. <laughs> Uh, and then lots of EVPs and EMF spikes, even though the building has no electricity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the EVPs, they don't, um, have any like specific, like they didn't get like a specific, like here we got this EVP, this mm-hmm. EVP was for this question, but they did get, um, some that, um, they say things like one says go away. One said, I'll kill you. Um, we're upset. They got, why'd you come here? They had a male voice say, I'm scared. And then they had a female say, why won't you leave? And then in the Limerick building, they have seen, so there's an apparition of a woman in an old, like an old timey nurse's uniform mm-hmm. um, that she has been seen by a firefighter, yeah. a police officer, hmm. and a Marine. Oh, nice. I mean, they <laughs> seem pretty credible to me. Uh, in the Mayflower building, that's also a very haunted one. Um, and that's the one that like, you can, you can book an overnight investigation for yourself. Mm-hmm. Sun just got really bright out yeah. of nowhere. Holy, it's like somebody Cloud, yeah, like the, turned on a light. <laughs> clouds just moved away. Jeez. What was I saying? Oh, you can, uh, do overnight investigations and, um, they'll give you the Mayflower building. It's like four okay. stories. You can get the whole building. And then there's a tunnel. Oh, I forgot to mention the tunnel system. There's a tunnel system that runs underneath. And uh, they have some of those tunnels open that connect. And so you'll have access to those as well. Um, But in the Mayflower building, the the shores uh, experiences are shadow people. And there's at least one spirit that likes to touch investigators. Nice. Um, And then more on the Mayflower later. Uh, The Philadelphia building... Um, that's also, um, connected to the tunnel system. And so there's, there's a couple of different accounts of, um, hearing voices mm-hmm. in the building from outside. Um, so this team has, so they have heard voices and noises coming from inside. And at one of these times they sur- they had a plan, they surrounded the building uh-huh. and then they had somebody in the tunnel. Okay. So all the exits were blocked. There was nowhere for anybody inside to go. And they like converged on the building and like went through and like cleared it. And there was nobody <laughs> inside, but like they distinctly, like they heard voices. Yeah. There was nobody in there. There was another report of like heated arguing. This is like, um, it wasn't the owner. I think it was like the, maybe like the caretaker or somebody, mm-hmm. um, or manager. Um, but the, he heard like heated arguing coming from inside, like, two men like yeah really like arguing with each other and went and looked and there's no the building was empty so the investigation that i did watch mm-hmm. it's available if you have any you can stream it um in 2019 so i think they went in june 
of 2019, but it aired for Halloween. Okay. And they called it the world's biggest ghost hunt. Oh. They sent a team in. Um, none of them had ever worked together before. They didn't know each other. Okay. So, but they were investigators, and there were a couple, like, um, they don't call them psychics, but they're psychic. They're, you know, like mediums and sensitives. And um, one guy was a, is a scientist, <laughs> and he was skeptical, and he's funny. I'll, I'll get to him in a second. Um, <laughs> but uh, so it ended up being like a two-hour premiere, but they had them all there for two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, they had the whole place to themselves. They had full access to everything. Wow. Two weeks. Amazing. That was like my dream. Um, they... They stayed – I don't know if they stayed in the Mayflower building the whole time, but they stayed there the first night. And mm-hmm. it was, like, right as they went to, like, lay down to go to bed. Like, they had the ca- the night vision camera set up and everything. And it was, mm-hmm. like, immediately, like, there was, like, crashing and banging and stuff from, like, down the <laughs> hall. And, like, one of the guys jumps up out of it. He's like, what was that? And starts, like, freaking out. So, like, I'm sure – like, and they did mention at one point they're like, we have not been sleeping well. And, like, mm-hmm. part of it is because they're investigating all night and they're going to bed, like, as the sun's coming up. And yeah. But, like, I'm just, like, thinking, like – when they showed that first night, and I was like, if it's like that for the full two weeks, like, you're not sleeping at all. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. But anyway, so they start out, they interviewed um, Jim Warner. He was, was, is operations manager for Penhurst. Um, so he's, like, last winter. So this was June. So it would have been, like, just, it was a couple months prior. Mm-hmm. So last, you know, last year in now terms. Um, he was cleaning up on the grounds after a snowstorm and clear as day from a specific window. He pointed out a specific window on the top floor of Mayflower building. Mm-hmm. I almost said Mayflower house. <laughs> That's the complex I used to live in in Queens was one of the buildings was the Mayflower house. So he points up there and he said from that window, he heard somebody yell help. And then he looked up and he didn't see anybody. And he's like looking around. There's no one there. So he goes into the building to see if there's somebody up there that needs help. Mm-hmm. And he goes inside and he sets off the alarm, <laughs> which he scared the shit out of him. But so like there was, there couldn't have been anybody. Yeah. The alarm was set. Um, so, and then he also mentioned that, um, activity, the activity has picked up significantly over the last two years. And my, I know my first thought went straight here, but one of them, one of the investigators asked, well, did any, did something happen around that time? Like, did you start doing anything differently around then? And he goes, mm. well, we started renovating. And, <laughs> yeah, yep, that does it. That usually does it. Um, they started digging out the tunnels Oh, and like opening the entrances to the buildings because they want to open it all up for tours and stuff. Yeah. So um, they started doing that about two years ago. And that's when stuff started popping off. Like, I guess he said it's always been active, but when they did that, it got a lot more. They also interviewed Dr. Jim Conroy, who worked at Pennhurst in the 70s and documented abuse and neglect. And his findings are part of what led to, like, for like the trial mm-hmm. and everything, like, led to it being closed down, which I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so when they started investigating, that that skeptical science guy. Yeah. So him and one of the women, they were in the tunnel under the Philadelphia building and they were, they had a camera set up and they were doing like EVPs and well, first the camera fell over mm-hmm. after like they'd been there for a while the camera suddenly just fell over for no reason. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, was that you? Did you do that? Do you not want us recording you? And then, 
he gets like poked in the side or he was, he's like, I got, what was, he starts for you. What was that? Did you touch me? Was that you? Who touched me? Somebody like touched him, like poked him kind of like in the side. And he's like talking about it after. And he's like, it's, I don't know how to describe it. Cause it like nothing was there, but I felt it. Like I felt it and I can't, but I can't put that into like quantifiable terms for somebody else to understand. And then, so it was really cute because it was reminding me of like Dana Scully, like because it like he wasn't quite writing it off, like he wasn't saying it didn't happen, but yeah. he's like it doesn't count because I can't prove it to anybody because I felt it, but I can't I can't quantify it, I can't put that into quantifiable terms. I'm like you're such a scientist, <laughs> but it was really cute. But he was like, but he was ow, um, and then he but then he goes. I guess that's just how this works. You just have to tell people what you experienced and hope that they believe you. I was like, oh, sweet summer child. You, if you only do. Um, and then there's, um, there, there was a lot that went on, but I'm just hitting like the highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was my favorite part was in the Devon building. So that's where it's a huge building. I think it was like over a thousand square feet. Wow. And, or 10,000 square feet. I don't know. It was big. And, um, <laughs> they, uh, that's where they had like the, the higher functioning, like school aged kids. Okay. So, and they housed both boys and girls. And so they had like classrooms and playrooms and all that kind of stuff. And so one of the tools that they used was, so remember that stick figure program we were trying to figure out from oh, that, yeah. like the Irish group and we couldn't figure out what yeah. it was called. So they call it an SLS. Okay. Um, which was like the, the stick figure thing. Yeah. So, um, and, and they explained how it works really well. It basically, it latches on to where it would sense like a head and, mm-hmm. and hands and joints. Yes. And then it, it connects them all to make like a figure. So they're, they're in the Devon, the Devon building and the, the one guy, he has the, I'm sorry, I don't know anybody's names. Um, he ha- it wasn't the science guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, uh, he had the the SLS camera and he's looking at it and he goes, Oh, I have a figure here. It's right up against the wall. And like the, one of the women comes over and she's like, Oh, I see it. I see it. And they're all excited. And he's like, if that's, if, if you, if that's you, can you put your hand up? And then one hand went up mm-hmm. and he goes, that's great. That's great. Can you put your other hand up too? And the other hand goes up <laughs> and then he goes, it's great. Can you put your hands down? And then they both go down <laughs> and they're like, they're freaking out. It's great. And then, so then they start doing EVP. This is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. This was so great. I was like, no way. Cause she played it back and I was like, oh my God, it sounds like this. Cause then they're like, why is he, why is it just standing there? And then like, didn't this, it's like, it's, is it using the, because they were in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So he's like, is it using the bathroom thing? But it's standing there. And then he goes, oh, I think this used to be the showers. Oh. So she, she's doing EVP. And um, one of the, she's like, um, I don't know if you answered me already, but you know, can you tell us who you are? And then she, she gives it a beat and she goes and plays it back. And you hear her say on the recording, can you tell us who you are? And you hear water running. <laughs> like, a sh- I swear to God, it sounded like a sh- I was like, it sounds like a shower. And then she goes, oh, my God. And then she goes and plays it again. She goes, listen to this. Listen to this to the guy. And she plays it again louder. And then they're both listening. And she's like, it sounds like a shower running. <laughs> oh, my God. It was crazy. It legit really did. And it's like when they were – 
doing it like in the moment you didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. So it was like, ah, it was so cool. Um, <laughs> I, th- I just thought that was like the most bizarre, like a shower EVP. Yeah. I've never heard. <laughs> um, one of the, another thing that happened that was a, really intense was, so they had in the basement, it's called Candyland. And okay. yeah, so they were down there and one of the, okay, this guy's name I do remember, Austin, his name mm-hmm. is Austin. So I guess he's just discovering or just getting in touch with like some kind of ability, like some kind okay. of empathic ability. And they were down there and he started having, a, he just started suddenly not, he's like, he goes, I feel so, like first they're down there and he, they're like, how do you feel? And he's like, I feel good. How do you feel? And they're like, we feel good. So they start doing like EVP and then he starts feeling, so he's like, something's on my back. I feel something on my back. Mm. And they're like, you know, checking him out and everything. And I'm like, there's nothing. And then he's like, oh, I don't feel so good. Oh, I think, oh, I feel sick. Oh, I feel really, he's just like, and like, I'm just like, oh my God, he's like puking. And like, he's like retching and they're like taking him out and he's like freaking out and Mm -hmm. like, and then they're all freaking out because he's freaking out and they're like calling for medics and it was like insane. And then. They were just like, yeah, you shouldn't go back in there. But he was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then like a few minutes go by and he calms down and he goes, I wasn't fine. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it was like super intense. But if you guys are able to stream that, it was really, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, They do offer overnight hunts. They go from like 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. or something like that. And I thought I saw somewhere that it was like around like 125 or something like that. But um, I went to go to purchase tickets to see, and they don't have anything scheduled right now because no. it's winter and there's no yeah. power or anything there. So um, I guess they haven't opened up for spring or summer or whenever it is that they start doing those things. But um, okay. you can go to penhurstasylum.com for more information. You were super excited through that one. <laughs> was I? It was a fun one. I really like the shower EVP. <laughs> yeah, that's that was crazy. Okay, so my turn. I did the Pine Barrens in New Jersey, which is also known as the New Jersey Pinelands National Reserve, and it contains approximately 1,100,000 acres of land. Oh, it occupies 22% of New Jersey's land area, and it includes uh, much of seven counties of New Jersey. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. So some of the history of this area is um, it's the largest remaining example of the Atlantic Coastal Pine Barrens ecosystem. The name Pine Barrens refers to the area's sandy, acidic, nutrient-poor soil. The sand that composes much of the area is referred to as sugar sand by the locals, and it is also known as the best sand for forming quicksand. Mm. Around 10,000 years ago... (laughs) We're getting deep into history now. Back um, when the dinosaurs roamed. Ancestors of the Lenape people first inhabited this area Uh, during the 17th century Uh, The area that is now New Jersey was explored and settled by Swedish and Dutch settlers. In 1688, shipbuilding began on the coast of the Pine Barrens. In the 1700s, sawmills and gristmills opened. During the colonial era, the Pine Barrens was the location of various industries, 
like uh, charcoal operations, iron furnaces, and paper mills. In 1799, the first glass works opened. In 1810, the first cotton mill opened. In 1869, the iron industry moved to Pennsylvania where it was cheaper to mine and operate. And the Pittsburgh Steelers were born. (laughs) And um, other industries soon left the area after that. And then over time, the forest reclaimed almost all traces of the Pine Barren inhabitants. And uh, remnants of villages built around that era and the former industries can still be found at various locations. So there's tons of ghost towns in here. I love those with, like, (laughs) trees growing through the... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I love those. There's one thing, I think it was a glasswork I saw a picture of, and it just looks like this really long, low building, like one story... And the top is, like, dirt is settled and grass is growing up on the top. But then the whole side, like, concrete wall is, mm-hmm. like, all graffitied. Like, inside, outside, all over it. Oh, and wow. it looks it looks weird. Like, you walk through the woods and then all of a sudden you see this wall of graffiti. Surprise. It's interesting. There's a um, quick, quick note, kind of semi-related. Um, there's a, an old smallpox hospital on Roosevelt Island in New York City. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've looked at it a couple of times for, for a story, but there's not, like, it's all closed off and there's not too much left, so there's nothing really to go off on. Mm-hmm. But um, there's, if you look at photos of it, like, you can walk up to it, it's fenced off, but there's, like, the historic plaque in front of it mm-hmm. that says what was there. And there's, like, it's, like, a stone wall that's left, and it's, like, crumbled. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can tell it was a wall with, like, window cutouts and stuff, and it's all stone. But if you look on Google Maps, if you Google... Oh, I forget what it's called, but Smallpox Hospital, Roosevelt Island, you can figure yeah. it out. Um, and if you do the bird's eye view on Google Maps, the satellite image, mm-hmm. you can see the outline of the oh. stone, like the rooms and stuff. Yeah. But trees are growing through it. <laughs> wow. So it looks like a little forest with like all this green. And then there's just these like stone like lines <laughs> that go through. Wow. It's so cool. I, I don't know. I love that stuff. I think yeah. it's so fascinating to look at. It, yeah, I do too. Um, one of one of these um, ghost towns has been restored. Um, Basto Village has been restored to its mid nineteenth century state and is a state historic site now. So you can go like tour it and see how things looked back then. One major event of note that happened in the area is on the night of July thirteenth, nineteen twenty eight. Local residents of the town of Tabernacle heard the engine of a small plane stuttering over the wilderness of the Pine Barrens during a terrible electrical storm. Piloting the struggling craft was a young Mexican captain, Emilio Carranza, known as the Mexican Lindbergh, uh, returning to Mexico City after a goodwill flight that ended in New York City. He was guided by nothing more than a handheld flashlight. He eventually crashed, and um, I couldn't find anywhere where it stated a specific cause, but, I mean, the electrical storm probably was doing something to his navigation or something. Um, He was found in a small clearing by members of American Legion Posts 11 of Mount Holly. Now, a 12-foot monument identifies the location of the crash, and every July, on the Saturday closest to the date he crashed, a ceremony is held in the clearing to remember him. Officials from Mexico and America, and some years members of his family, come to attend. The ceremony is led by the American Legion Post 11 of Mount Holly, The ceremony always starts at 1 p.m., rain or shine, and at the same exact time, another ceremony is held in Mexico City at his gravesite. 
to commemorate his um, accomplishments of, mm-hmm. and then his passing. Aww. In 1978, Congress passed legislation that designated the 1.1 million acres of the Pine Barrens as the National Reserve to preserve its ecology. A decade later, it was designated by the United Nations as an international biosphere reserve. And today, the biggest industries are blueberry and cranberry crops. And that's pretty much it. (laughs) That's all that happens around there. Violet, you're turning violet, Violet. (laughs) It tastes like blueberry. No, how does it go? I don't know. That's not important. Go on. (laughs) So that's all for history of the place. And now we can go on to the hauntings. In the town of Acto... Burnt Mill Road was never finished. This road runs about two miles into the Pinelands before it ends. It's said that on a Christmas night, a boy was out playing with the basketball that he just got for Christmas, and he went chasing after it out into the street and got hit by a drunk driver. It's said that the drunk driver just, like, hit him and, like, tried to go run away. And he came to the end of the road, so he had to turn around and and come come back back. and pass the boy. Oh, what a piece of shit. Yeah. Don't drink and drive, folks. Get a ride. So now it says that the boy roams the road, still searching for his killer. And if you drive down the road at night and turn your headlights off, you might see him running across the road for his ball. But uh, I don't really recommend driving with your lights off. (laughs) No, that's probably not a good idea. Also, if you're driving with your lights off, how are you going to see him? I don't know. Maybe, Does he glow? Maybe. I don't know. They, but they say that that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. I don't think I got any personal accounts of anyone actually seeing him. Then there's a, the golden hair girl, which is another ghost in the area. She's said to stare out to sea dressed in white, mourning the loss of her lover that uh, sailed away and never came back. Another spirit to roam the Pine Barrens is the ghost of James Still. He's the brother of William Still, the author of the Underground Railroad. He was an African-American doctor during this time. And um, legend says he was lynched when locals found that he was practicing medicine. Ugh, I hate people. Yeah. Um, there are some accounts that say he died of natural causes, but the him being lynched was um, the more common story. Mm-hmm. Of how he died, but um, most believe he is a friendly ghost, and he's said to roam the area assisting travelers who are injured or stranded in the vast forest. I'm just, not to be disrespectful, but Casper, friendly ghost, the friendliest <laughs> ghost you Sorry. Um, you say friendly ghost, and that's what, yeah. I, that's what I think of. <laughs> uh, then there's the white stag, which is the ghostly white deer, said to aid travelers lost in the Pine Barrens or warn travelers of impending doom. Um, there's a story of a group of Quakers who, on a stormy night in 1809, nearly plunged into the Basto River, but were saved by the spectral creature. Uh, this occurred at Quaker Bridge when the horses of their stage refused to go any further. When the driver climbed off the stage, he noticed a white stag in the road, which then disappeared. Walking up the road, he saw that the bridge was out. Um, and then there's the black dog. The Grim! <laughs> no, not the Grim. This one is 
not a bad omen. Uh, it's a omen of said, death. He said to roam the beaches and forests from Abscon Island to Barnegat Bay. Um, in most folklore, like English and German, um, black dogs are considered forces of evil. However, this black dog is often considered a harmless spirit. It is thought that pirates on Abscon Island attacked a ship and killed its crew, including the cabin boy and his black dog. The dog is seen galloping along the dunes by fishermen returning from their boats late at night. Its jaws drip with foam and its nose to the ground as if it is on the trail of someone. Oh, Oh, puppy. And then there is Captain Emilio Carranza. I really thought you were going to say Captain America. (laughs) (laughs) Captain, um, um, because you, Captain Amit, I was like, What? He's from Brooklyn. What are you talking about? Sorry. Uh, let's see. Emilio. Um, Emilio! Yeah. <laughs> uh, most of these, yeah, these all are personal experiences that people have had at the monument site. So the first one goes, I felt really sad for Emilio when I went there, so I spoke to the monument, apologizing for my terrible Spanish and telling him how brave I thought he was and that he should be remembered like Lindbergh. It got freezing cold suddenly, even though it was a very hot day. And then I could feel a warm hand on my arm giving a gentle, friendly squeeze. Aww. It was really strange, but not at all scary. Oh, Emilio. And another person writes... As local lore goes, if you park your car at the gate, flash headlights on the memorial three times, and yell Emilio out the window, you will see his plane. Of course, we had to try it. We followed the instructions, and about ten minutes later, my friend's car stalled for no reason. We threw it in drive and began rolling out of there. She kept asking us what the lights were behind us. My other friend and I turned around and saw nothing. She swore she saw lights in the rearview mirror. We figured she was just trying to scare us, but suddenly we saw them too. They were too high to be car lights and too low for a plane. Needless to say, she dropped the hammer and we got out of there as fast as possible. Wait, but they were parked at the gates and the car stalled? Yeah, I I don't know if they I, I, I don't know if I, they had a I word know, limit. <laughs> I know that that's like I know that what you have is what you have. Yeah, but I, I'm just I'm trying to get like a, a picture of it, and and then you see the plane where in the sky on the, like smoldering on the ground. I, I think it's hovering like, behind you I as you try falling? to make a getaway. <laughs> I don't know because that's what that sounds like is like it's coming in for a landing. It's going to be a rough one. Put the hammer down. <laughs> Drop the hammer. <laughs> you want me to put the hammer down? No, no. He likes his hammer. I'm sorry. I just watched Avengers last week, so it's a little bit fresh in my mind. <laughs> Another account says, All the way back there is a memorial site for a fallen military pilot. It is so haunted. There is something in the back trails that has left us running to our cars faster than we ever thought we could run. If you stand on top of the memorial site, it is even more creepy. It is about seven or eight feet off the ground. I have pictures of people with a fog around them on top of the stone. 
I was once up there. After taking some pictures, I went to get off. I slipped and fell. I grabbed on by the tips of my fingers. I felt someone catch me, though no one did. I shouldn't have been able to hold myself up, but I did. One thing, um, it's really not respectful to go stand on someone's memorial. No. No, it is not. So, uh, don't be stupid like that. Be, I mean, that I really... When we talk about going to investigate and all that, like, I really, and that's, like, one of the reasons I complain about Ghost Adventures so much is because a lot of his tactics are a bit disrespectful. Yeah. And I really, like, if we get no other message out to people who are into this stuff, just use your head and be respectful. Yes, definitely. And I have one more personal experience from this area. It says, it starts with a light that falls from the sky. And I've seen the light that comes from nowhere and disappears as we come out of the woods. They were accompanied by a light breeze that turned into a hum as it continuously picked up, getting fairly rough as the hum escalated to a mechanical growl. That's when we got out of there, and when we pulled off is when the lights behind us appeared. We didn't flash lights or tell anything. I did put a crucifix on the monument. I've seen that light fall from the sky more than once, and that's not my only experience at Carranza. So I guess that one gives a little more information about what you're actually supposed to be seeing. Yeah. <laughs> I I just looked up the memorial to see where it is, and it's um, it's in the woods. Yeah. It's like, it's off of Carranza Road, mm-hmm. and then it's like a little driveway into this little clearing in the middle of the woods. Yeah, that's where he was found, I guess. Right where the, I think that's where he was found, and the plane was a little ways away. Because apparently he fell out of the plane. Because the plane wonder. landed in trees, and like he, he fell out. Oh. Yes. And one last thing about the New Jersey Pine Barrens. You can't talk about the Pine Barrens without talking about the most famous Pine Barrens resident. The Jersey Devil. That's why it sounds familiar. I'm like, <laughs> Pine Barrens, yeah. I just know it because Jersey's right there. But yeah. no, it's because of the Jersey Devil. According to legend, the creature was born in 1735 to a woman named Deborah Leeds, and it was her 13th child. Yo, ouch. Yeah. He just walked right out then. By all accounts, the birth was routine, and the child was seemingly normal when it was born as a nice, healthy baby boy. But within minutes, however, the baby started to change. Within minutes? He began growing at an incredible rate. It sprouted horns from its head, talon-like claws on its fingers, leathery bat wings unfurled from its back, and hair and feathers sprouted all over the child's body. Its eyes began glowing bright red, and then it went to kill almost everyone in the house. Ow, my jaw dropped so fast it snapped. Did you hear that? Yes, (laughs) I heard that. Ouch, that hurt. You know what that is? That's all these, that radiation. Stop dropping nukes. (laughs) In 17 whatever. 35. (laughs) Uh, Including his mother. And so every like he killed almost everyone, but there were some survivors because they lived to tell. Yeah, the tale. who else? Who else would tell the story? Um, before he went flying up the chimney, 
and fled into the Pine Barrens, where it has reportedly been killing livestock and creeping out southern Jersey residents with its unearthly whales ever since. It's most commonly described as having leathery wings, a goat-slash-horse-shaped head, and cloven hooves and claws on its hands. So, uh, quite gruesome. And um, reports of sightings date back to 1820, when Joseph Bonaparte, yes, brother to Napoleon, oh, <laughs> claimed to have witnessed the Jersey Devil on his Borderton estate. So apparently he lived in New Jersey for quite a while. Huh. In 1820 era, area time. So, I mean, my first destination, I feel like, glorious America, roads paved in gold, the American dream, I'm going to live in New Jersey. <laughs> in the middle of a piney forest. <laughs> Well, I mean, that, I can't, I mean, that's appealing. Just, yeah. I, I, I personally wouldn't pick a Jersey forest, but I mean. Uh, the creature was blamed for livestock killings in 1840s and again in the 1920s. And there is a major incident uh, spanning a week in 1909 when there were many reports of this guy rampaging around um so it was january 16th through the 23rd um in the early week reports started emerging from all across delaware valley that strange tracks were being found in the snow the mysterious footprints went over and under fences through fields and backyards across the rooftops of houses oh they were even reported in large cities of camden and philadelphia on the roof that's krampus (laughs) panic immediately began to spread and posses formed in more than one town fear and intrigue grew even greater when it was reported that bloodhounds refused to follow the unidentified creatures trail in hamilton schools closed or suffered low attendance throughout lower new jersey and in philadelphia Mills in the Pine Barrens were forced to close when workers refused to leave their homes and travel through the woods to get to their jobs. Eyewitnesses spotted the beast in Camden and in Bristol, Pennsylvania, and in both cities, police fired on it but did not manage to bring it down. A few days later, it reappeared in Camden, attacking a late-night meeting of a social club and then flying away. Earlier that day, it had appeared in Haddon Heights, terrorizing a trolley car full of passengers before flying away. Witnesses claimed that it looked like a flying kangaroo. (laughs) (laughs) He said that in the middle of a swallow and it choked. (laughs) Another trolley car full of people saw it in Burlington when it scurried across the tracks in front of their car. In West Collingswood, it appeared on the roof of a house and was described as an ostrich-like creature. (laughs) Firemen turned their hoses upon it, but it attacked them and then flew away. The entire week, people reported that their livestock, particularly their chickens, were being slaughtered. This was most widespread in the towns of Bridgeton and Millville. Still today, most Often people report finding strange, unidentifiable tracks in the desolate areas of the Pine Barrens, while less frequently there are still reports of people who see it in its, like, entirety, like, see its body. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. So my first thought is, if its first sighting wasn't until 1820, 
Mm-hmm. I'm curious how, and I'm not actually asking you because I don't know, you don't know. <laughs> I'm curious how they would link that back to this thing that was born in 1735 that killed a room full of people and flew up a chimney. Like I just I because I feel like it's not like today where you have the internet and you can like type in like yeah winged hoofed goat creature <laughs> but and then like it comes up like oh in 1735 you know what I mean so I'm just curious like how did they link that I don't know maybe it was very close to the same area and people would kept They'd we're like we're oh, still talking about I know what that is Deborah Leeds. <laughs> And her oh, cursed you saw that thing? Child. I know what that is. Um, that sounds just like almost a hundred years ago. Um, <laughs> well, um, uh, and then the other thing is, it's, I find it intriguing that it kept a low profile. First, like it was cited and everything, but mm-hmm. for for the most part, it kept a mostly low profile until that one week where yes. it spiked. So I'm wondering, is it indeed the same creature? Or is there more than one? Or maybe it's turning people, and and that was like a noob, you know, like a new like yes. a new vampire or something. And they're like, ah, oh, blood, I need blood. I don't know how to hide. And well, um, one theory of the golden haired girl that I talked about before. Oh, oh uh huh. She turned into one. Um, no, it oh. was that the Jersey Devil had a child that was looked exactly like a human, like it was all humany. Uh-huh. And the golden hair girl fell in love with him. And then her father took her away and killed her. Or I don't know. Somehow she got taken away and she was locked up and then she died. So the Jersey Devil's son like went crazy and like turned into the new Jersey Devil. Because that's what the other thing I was going to say. I was like, I wonder if it's breeding. Yes. And also... It could be something that was there before because I came across a couple accounts of um, the Lenape and um, early settlers calling the area basically the place of dragons. Oh, oh, so, oh. Does it breathe fire? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get any accounts of that. <laughs> but, you know. A latent ability. So apparently there's uh, still some hidden places here that maybe some kind of cryptid lives well and i mean it's interesting because like if scully were here she'd be all like oh no that's not real i don't remember what she there's an episode of the next files episode called jersey devil and and i don't remember her actual like explanation but you know she sits there in science 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 yada 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 but (laughs) like it's because how can you say that something doesn't exist like there are so many species of animals Mm -hmm. and like some a place like that like you know i just looked at it on google maps and it's all woods yeah like it's not so like you don't know like how could you possibly know every living creature that's there especially if it's good at hiding yeah you don't like and just like under the sea, right? Like that's the most unexplored, like, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about going miles and miles down and there was well, that movie coming out. I don't remember what it's called, but, um, it's something like they go down there like seven miles down and then they're like little sea bunker cracks and they have to oh, go to a yeah. different, and there's like, there's monsters out there, but it's like, how do you know that that's not real? Cause you can't know everything that's out there. Mm-hmm. So just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And there's a reported blue hole in this forest that um, they said the Jersey devil lives near there too. And does he live in the blue hole? I don't know exactly, but like 
I saw a picture of it, and it doesn't look like what you think of when you say blue hole. Well, because like in the tropics, they I was have gonna them. say, is it a real thing? Because I saw like some body of water on here on the map nearby. Okay, so is it almost perfectly circular? It was circular, and it was pretty blue. Okay, that's but probably, I, I just that's probably I, what it is. Though. Oh, okay, because I glanced over it and I figured it was like a quarry or something. No, they. It's like I don't know what they actually are. I think they're like sinkholes that water like rises through or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly. I I saw a thing on on them once, and it was a while ago, so I don't <laughs> the, know the, the blue holes that are down. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the um, the, what draining the oceans or something like that. Um, it was a. They they do a bunch of things. They're on one of those like Science Channel or yeah, something like and that. Yeah, like the water comes from the ocean up into these blue. They holes. had they like, sent they sent like cameras down. I think they yeah. sent, did they send a person down. I don't remember. I think a person tried to go down, but they could only get so far, and then yeah. like the pressure gets too much. But it like it was like fast because like they like using computers drain all the water out to show you like what it looks like, and yeah, it's like a like, tunnel under there. Yeah, it's fascinating. That's all for the Pine Barrens. Little bonus content. Yes. Um, FYI, be careful if you go traveling through there. There are some hicks. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, it's Jersey, so. It's like, well, some re- like some things I read, some people are very not friendly. <laughs> yeah. So just. Um, is it like Onion Town? Do you know what Onion Town is? No. I think that's in New York, though. Oh, I don't know. That's just, that's something for another time. Um, I, I just one of the, one of the accounts was uh, some people were looking for some specific like gravestone or something, and these people ran them off. Like, get out of them. that's private property. Go is, yeah. And then they they followed them in a truck till, till they got to like oh, the main that's road. Really cute. <laughs> so I mean, anytime you're going to look for some, especially if you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have multiple. You have the locals. You have wild animals. There are bears in New Jersey. Yes. So, And that's the woods. So, And the, just the terrain also, because not not all roads are paved. Yeah. And most of them are dirt and sandy, and quicksand is a real thing in this area. <laughs> that's all. The, 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 that's all, folks. Just be so. safe. Episode 44, yeah. Common sense ain't so common, so do your best. Google, research, yes. plan accordingly. Um, so that's it. So if you liked us, rate, review, and subscribe. If you didn't like us, bye. <laughs> uh, our Facebook group, my favorite haunted group, oh, Home haunted. of the Paranormies, yes. And um, um, Instagram and Twitter is my favorite haunting or my fave haunting, I don't know, something like that. Um, and that's it. That's if you've it. got your own ghost story or a suggestion for a location you'd like us to cover, you can hit us up. You can DM us or email us, my favorite haunting at Gmail. Um, yeah. That's it. That's it. See you later. Thanks for potting with us.